0: when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to
1: discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Welcome back to Designed to Heal. I'm your average Jeff here with Doctor Ben Rawl. And good morning, uh, yeah, good something, man. It's good. You know, I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous when you have a book cover like yeah. as a picture on your phone. Yeah, right there because I know that you know we've talked about this before. You're you're just you're an insane reader. You're always reading something yeah. and. Uh, You know, and it's always good. I mean, we have great topics here, but it's like, man, um, the kind of things that impress you usually lead to some really, really deep, Mm. heavy kind of stuff. And it's all over the place, man. I mean, sometimes you've sent me stuff on, you know, this and that and the other thing, whatever. So it's awesome. But you got one on your on your phone screen here, man. So what are you up to? Well, you know, funny,
0: funny enough. And if you ever listen to the episode that we did on um, the culture of safety that we did on the micro, the micro uh, the microbiome planet or whatever it was called by dr steve templeton oh, yeah um wanted to have him on the show couldn't get him mm-hmm. and so i had to kind of do it the best i could without hearing it from his voice but mm-hmm. one of the books and, and i often will do this if when i see a book referenced in a book that i'm enjoying it's usually a good start And so this was one of those books. Okay. And so... What is the book? The book book? is called The Coddling of the American Mind. Mm. And the author of that is Greg Lukanoff and then Jonathan Haidt, H-A-I-D-T. So it's called The Coddling. Now, some people may be very familiar with this. And matter of fact, um, there's a new book coming out. Matter of fact, one of the authors on it, I think Greg Lukanoff, I think he was just on... Uh, He might have just been on Rogan or Mm. Peterson or somebody like Mm. this. I can't remember. So, I mean, he's more well-known. He runs a group that's very uh, First Amendment-based or, you know, about freedom of speech. And they they run a group called FIRE, and they represent that and Mm. and things like that. Um, I wasn't familiar with him. Maybe some of his work I've read, but I didn't realize it. So it says, The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure and he talks about that's why uh dr templeton was talking about him because he was he refers a lot to this like this kind of you know um way that we're going about like trying to help people by trying to make everything in the safety culture and yeah. safe spaces and yeah. can't offend anybody and and it goes through the history of this now it was it was from um this book is a few years old which yeah. was kind of surprising to me i think it's maybe 2016 or something and i I was like, wow, like this was ahead of its time because yeah. this was all, you know, nothing about COVID, nothing about, you know, what we've been through these last several years. What,
1: what were some of his main like where, did, what did he lead off with, like in terms of categories of safety and coddling and stuff? Like so that? Like, a lot
0: uh, of it had to do a good chunk of it has to do with what you've seen happen in colleges. OK, this is where they their premise where all of a sudden speakers were being shouted down from coming to speak at a, cam- a, a sk- campus. Oh, OK. And he's saying. So this is more sociological,
1: he started out with Yeah. HR. Well,
0: he's just saying, like, well, how did this occur? We used to celebrate free speech. Yeah. We used to go to colleges to learn. Now somebody says, You can't say that. That kind of hurts my feelings. And so you better not let this per- person uh-huh. come to campus. Because
1: free speech is a good thing until you um, you know, it's it's a it's a right and it's whatever until you're you know until you don't like what they're saying. Well, exactly. You so know, that's the issue. W-
0: what was what was so he goes through and he uses just a lot of examples and he has a lot of history on it. So he shows like I mean, just literally like graphs, like how many people, um, you know, were ever not were disinvited. And it's like, you know, up to this certain point, it was like not very many. And then it just like took off. And again, this isn't even up to date. It's a book's a few years old. So this is all like pre-COVID. Pre- well, pre-censorship. Yeah, I, mean, pre-censorship. You think about, I mean, there's always
1: been censorship, but not like what we've seen in recent times on yeah. social media, whether it was COVID or anything. And you it know? would talk
0: about like, you know, professors would never lose their jobs for, you know, by large, yeah, but yeah. For, for this stuff. And so yeah. now the guy that writes this book, he is very open. He's a, he's, he would considers himself a, a left, left-leaning guy. Okay. So okay. he's more of your Democrat kind of left. That's his own words. Mm. Um, and I think still identifies as that. And so for me... Uh, now, he's—they've got a new book coming out. That's why he's getting some, some kind of attention again is the, the book. I think it's called The Canceling of the American Mind. The Canceling of the American Mind. So he's talking about some of those things that we're, that we're talking about. But here is why I wanted to, to, to discuss this a little bit today. So his premise is we're actually making people less able to handle things. Okay, This, this, this premise, and he talks, for example, and Jeff, you might remember this. Do you remember? And and I, we talked about this one time, but this book actually has the studies. Do you remember a few years ago, maybe more than that now, maybe ten years ago, there was a lady that like got in trouble because she let her son like ride the subway home up in New York, and he was like nine years old. No, I haven't heard that. Okay, so so everybody freaked out. She took him like ten minutes away, right? And he wanted to, and then he found his way home, right? And then in the midst of that. I don't know. Somebody saw him or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but the rest of the story is this woman, um, and she actually has her own, but she's actually the founder, I think of, um, uh, free range kids. If you've ever heard of that, like, mm. that's her. And her point, her whole point was like, this is a change that we've had. Like, like, you know, her son finding his way home. I mean, I remember, I mean, I walked to school. I used to, you know, I mean, all these things. You don't see kids riding their bikes to school anymore. Mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm, see kids walking to mm-hmm. school. And and they actually used all those statistics that I referenced a few weeks ago mm. on one of these shows. Like, we are much safer than we've ever been, mm. yet we think we are living in more dangerous times, Yeah. okay? Yeah. And so kids playing out in the neighborhood, kids, you know, like, right? And we all hear, it's kind of like we we often do. We just... It's like what happened with COVID. So this is this idea, Jeff, of this safety
1: safety culture, right? Yeah, like, yeah.
0: oh, well, if, if that lady might cough across the room and a germ might kind of get to me and then it gets into me and then I get sick and then I die and that's why we can't have people go yeah, out without, yeah. right? Well, and then
1: and all of our technology like is, is out there telling us, like you, you, we were talking about off the air, maybe a future show doing something about ear care and ear health mm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you were saying your phone, my watch... You know, tells you when the decibels are too loud, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, they tell you know, we can stick we can stick trackers or blue, you know, air yeah. tags or whatever those things are on 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 our our kids' backpacks and their bikes. Yeah. And all of this technology is constantly reminding us of this stuff too. Yeah. And even if those things weren't originally done out of fear, maybe it was more of convenience and oh, this would be a cool idea. This is a cool way to apply Why this. Why wouldn't
0: tech. I want to know? Right. Why
1: wouldn't I? Yeah. But so now now it's made us infinitely more aware then of like, we're constant. I see the point. We're constantly confronted with the potential dangers that we never would have thought about before. Well,
0: and and not only, well, not only potential dangers, Jeff, we've turned them into, we've turned in like a low, 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 low risk yeah. to almost an absolute in our mind. Right, if right. we don't do X, well, that's Y, Z. T- I mean,
1: anything is a potential danger, yeah. right?
0: But we've, these things have no long delivered like that, right? It's uh. like, I need to track you you know, as you walk to the grocery store, because in case something happens and call me when you get there and call Mm. me when you come back and call me when you're walking. It's like, dang, like, again, it's creating this, this, this mindset. Mm -hmm. So, so they, so interesting. So they started saying, well, when did this change? And the guy actually, interesting enough, Jeff, he, he makes the argument. He goes, well, we know the first generation that grew up with social media. I think that started, and then so that first group that that grew up with it and then went to college through it. Yeah. So they really saw this change happen. Now he's not a big anti-social media guy. That's not even his premise. He just yeah. goes, "If you ask me, this is what we see where the attitude began to shift, mm-hmm. and people started to, you know, be more of this. You know, you, when you make me feel bad because of the things that you say." Then that makes, that's not making me feel safe mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be able to say those things. Mm-hmm. And we cowered mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. And now what was what's instead happening so instead of actually creating kids that are more resilient and can mm-hmm. handle life, mm-hmm. we have a bunch of wimps. Yeah that can't handle a comment they don't like and it's considered hate speech and that person should be arrested or
1: canceled Mm. or fired Mm. or whatever Mm. and so we've so wait so question did he identify like where the where the turning point event or season of events was you know in that like what was it because i mean think about this like in school growing up i would assume that you know, I mean, we always joke that yeah, there were kids that bullied or whatever, and 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 you you know there were there were fights and things, but you, know, you shake hands. It was the proverbial handshake. You you make up, you're fine the next day. And, you know, yeah. Now that that's, I mean, I will concede that that's not the case now. Social media, whatever, whatever. Right. But but teachers were telling kids, don't talk that way to each other. There were rules. There were boundaries. There were you know that kind of thing. So what was it that changed? Because I don't know that the messages changed. Maybe it was the medium by which that message was delivered, or what does he so conclude? So it's,
0: it's a it's a really and I, I really can't encourage the book enough because, um, um, I think they they literally what you asked Jeff is is really the the premise of the book. One of the other things that they would say is a lot of the people that became the professors in these colleges were people that were the kind of the, the 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 baby boomer the the you know the the hippies if you will they were these activists back in the day um when they grew up and now they came into uh and they're not and again he's like not like the book is not this like aggressive like oh my gosh if you you know you were a hippie in the 60s or 70s you're mm-hmm. this you know like no it's just like to your point like what changed what mm-hmm. do we know mm-hmm. what can we put our kind of foot on yeah so all these kind of before it was the people that ran university, it was more like educators and right scientists, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. right, and kind of more pragmatic. The breakdown in schools used to be very much like 50-50 from a blue and red, if you mm-hmm. will, Republican, mm-hmm. Democrat, if you want to use that example, but just conservative, liberal. It was kind of like a half and half, mm-hmm. and now it's like 90-10 mm. liberal. Mm. Okay? So then... You've got this this kind of approach that just has a different worldview. And there's no real, there's not enough balance in there that it just gets off the rails very quickly. Yeah, yeah. There, he's, he's not even saying that one is right or wrong. He says we need the tension in in some sort of balance. That's fair. So people can be like, well, hey, you know, there's another side to this. Matter of fact, one of the examples that he uses kind of as a premise, he's talks about this this peanut peanut allergy. Okay. So he's talking about how peanut allergies have 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 increased, okay? And they did this big study about peanuts and what they found was, so, you know, all of us probably listen to this all remember a time when you could safely walk into a place and have peanuts and nobody freaked out, right? Now, you're almost a criminal if you have peanuts in there, right? And he says, the results of this study, of, of this peanut study that they did, he said, results were, stu- were stunning among children who had been protected from peanuts 17 had developed a peanut allergy. In the group that had been deliberately exposed to peanut products, only 3% had an allergy. As one of the researchers said in an interview, for decades, allergists have been recommending that young infants should avoid consuming allergic foods such as peanut to prevent food allergies. These findings suggest that that advice was incorrect and actually has contributed to the rise in peanut and food allergies. Mm. So by trying to protect them, 17% of them have peanut allergies now. And by exposing people to it, three percent. Mm. So again, using this idea as how we present challenging ideas, how we put ourselves and handle the what we really need to be able to do. And I'm talking to myself in some of this, living in these intense times of of polarity and right and and political polarity and racial and and health and all this stuff is like mm-hmm. we need to be able to have these differing opinions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um and they actually together that makes us stronger. So if I have somebody that I really disagree with politically or or health wise mm-hmm. I need to be able to hear them I need to it it, it makes me better to hear their thoughts yeah. okay now I'm talking not outside of criminalness here okay right um but but that's but th- but that's the reality and you're hearing more of this conversation happening I would say that my prayer and hope is that there's a maturing that's happening to people's minds where they're not so afraid of ideas. They're not mm. so afraid of a person because a lot of what the, the research is saying, actually, when you begin to expose these ideas, um, then they actually, people can see how ridiculous some of them are, right? People can see how ridiculous, you know, the Ku Klux Klan is as one just kind of typical classic example, right? The more that a person that talks like that and, and, and acts like that, the more people look and go, well, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, and then on the opposite side of that with 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 truth. And so the argument in some of this is as we've tried to make places safer, actually what we've created is more people getting more offended by less things. Right? This this fragility. Right? You kind of you kind of hear. So more people like, like the kids that are they're more offended than ever. Like that's kind of an interest. So it's back to this peanut allergy thing. Right? There's. More people say, oh, this person can't come speak here. Um, and a lot of it you've seen. The other thing that they saw is it's wildly more on the, the left than the right, if you will. Okay. So they track all this. So they'll show like of all the people that got canceled from speaking on campuses, it was, it was mostly the, the, the left trying to stop the right, which is interesting not even as a like a, to have a political debate here, but to your point, Jeff, you just ask, well, why is that, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I, I think what, what what we're starting to see, and I even have this conversation sometimes with my daughter. She'll say something like, you know, she's sixteen and and stuff, and so she'll say something like, "Oh, well, that that's kind of bullying" or something like this. And I'm like, "Sweetheart, that is not bullying, right? Or, but but that word has been so put on people, right? If I don't like what you're saying." Then it's bullying. Mm. No, it's not. Mm. That's not what bullying is. Mm. If I don't like what you're saying and it makes it hurts my feelings,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't mean that you
1: need a safe space. Well, some even say hate speech. I mean, it's like oh, there's yeah. a lot of you know,
0: right? Yeah. And 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 literally, but that's how crazy it's gotten. And so it just becomes more and more and more. It's like your lens becomes how, your your world lens looks like how you're almost looking for offense. You're looking to say, "How can this?" and then he talks a lot about in there this um intersection intersectionality, which I don't want to necessarily get into today, but mm-hmm. just like you know that's where you see all those things and oh, by the way, a lot of these concepts you you guys are are things that are just I don't want to say you know totally miss not communicate nearly as well as this guy and he's got some great interviews out there that you can listen to, mm-hmm. but like like um. They've just been concepts that have just been made up in relatively recent history, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where there's not like some big body of evidence that suggests that this is a better way to go, right. okay? Like that's what I think we need, we need to appreciate. Now we live in kind of this middle generation, uh, Jeff, where you know we grew up probably differently than our kids, and so here was a fascinating another study that that was in this book. So check this out. They took kids that were they call it working class, and then they call it like um. I don't know if they use the word elite or whatever, but so like working class is kind of like two working parents, you know, kind of we call them the latchkey kids, right? You know, a little mm-hmm. bit like just lower, 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 lower middle class, middle class. And then the other ones were ones that kind of have money, okay, right. if right. you will. And he said, so what was interesting, these kids that come from the, the working class, you know, by all measurements, they're more resilient, they're tougher, they, you know, they can do better in a lot of these activities. So, and then, and then, um, so when they went to college, what was interesting, your thought would be that they would do better in college, Mm -hmm. but what they found is, is I don't remember the exact percentages, but, but enough that they did worse and they're like, well, this is weird. How come they are doing worse? Even though they got more, you know, uh, self-leadership, they've got more resilience, like you think they would really thrive. Well, what they found was they didn't know how to play the game. Mm they didn't know how to kiss butt to the teacher. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to, they were like, what? You mean like, it doesn't matter if I'm like, like I actually have, to, there's a game to play here. Or I don't fit in with the in crowd. So it actually showed, said that they didn't really have the ability to, to like know how to navigate basically the corrupted world. Mm-hmm. And so there's this weird, I, that was like one of those that was surprised me in here. Cause you think, man, so when you think about like raising, when I look at raising our kids. I mean, it talks a lot in this book about the importance of play, the importance of self-play, mm-hmm. um, meaning like not with adults, right? Supervised potentially, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. so they don't die, but like letting them like fight with their friends, letting them get, you know, bl- lost in the dirt. I know you guys are a big outside family, mm-hmm. like just the importance of this and not just like. Because it's healthy, like physically, but like emotionally, the really big importance. But what we've done largely is stopped play Mm -hmm. um, from taking it out of schools to taking it out of, you know, with people because it's scary and don't go here Mm -hmm. and don't go there and don't Mm -hmm. play with people and, uh, you know, talks about how these kids... You know they're raised with basically constant adult supervision right. that they don't really know how to make decisions for themselves, and that they're constantly having somebody come in to rescue them and constantly having somebody come in and fix it for them. Mm-hmm. That they're they're that's why they call it the coddling of the American mind. And mm. we really have you know I got very convicted reading the book mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I've I've I have fallen into some of those traps of of coddling my kids, and mm. but now of course it's always like, well, to help them and to protect well, what them. what specifically?
1: What were some of the ones that like you you? kind of yeah you know personally took on
0: yeah so like uh jack likes well i'll use my son as an example jack's a skateboarder mm-hmm. and uh and um uh, uh soccer and and stuff like this and, well he like there's a kind of a school and a high school by our our house and so it's a, it's not far away but it's whatever i don't know half a mile or something mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. no, to get there and so it's like okay you know hey can i go to the park and it's like you know well <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't by myself, Okay. As an example. And so you're like my, 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 my dad and you know, same for Meg, my wife, probably, mm-hmm. you know, my, they's like, well, I don't, I don't really mm-hmm. feel great about that, mm-hmm. but that's my own fear. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you know, I don't know who's listening to this, whatever you have your own perspective on this. So I have to force myself to be like, remember my own, Mm -hmm. what i did Mm -hmm. and be like you know buddy absolutely have a blast right Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. and then yeah sure has there been some mishaps and days he's been late and nights we've had to go comb the neighborhood wondering where he is and he's Mm -hmm. didn't tell us he went to the school and he needed to drink at the water fountain and he you know fell down and hurt his leg like all the things sure right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we've even had some other you know situations but i have to remember like this is how he's going to learn to make decisions this is how he's going to learn to to you know, mess up and mm-hmm. and be late or get in a you know scrap with some kid at the park that he never met or somebody that like all those things that we went through right mm-hmm. and so um, it's been uh, and that's just one that came to mind. There's probably others. I, again I don't have I have the book in front of me, but it's on digital, so mm-hmm. I can't flip through it. I don't that's have fair. it all marked, yeah. but mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, if you're a person that's trying to figure out like what's going on, this mm-hmm. woke culture, this mm-hmm. cancel culture. I would say that this book for me presented the other side of it and the value of of not coddling mm. And you know, and I think it's like we talk about in one of our other episodes we've done. Like, I sometimes I have to use those words because they convict me. Cause mm-hmm. I would never want to coddle my kids. Mm-hmm. I don't believe mm-hmm. in that, right? Mm-hmm. We don't like that. So All it's right. like, well, yeah, I don't want to coddle them. I want to support them and I want to love them and I want to encourage them and mm-hmm. I want to protect them. But if that if that's going into coddling, mm. then I need to check myself. Yeah. I need to like, yeah. you know, that's not gonna be, you know, what I want to do. So if I'm the peanut allergy dad, mm-hmm. am I actually hurting them more yeah. by Overprotecting them, whatever yeah. your version of that is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's kind of, you know, some thoughts. What, what do you have some questions on that? Well, I, I mean, yeah. it's
1: gosh, yeah. I I'm finding myself more and more like in our neighborhood, for example, um, you know, we ride bikes all over the place, like baseball practices every week. We just uh-huh. ride our bikes. It's okay. like, why not? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm finding myself allowing some of the kids to just do things more and more that I was doing by years younger than them, mm-hmm. you know, like Ben, yeah. I, I was 12 years. I always said the, but I, 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 you know, it's funny at, at however old I am that I lose count. <laughs> I still find freedom on a bicycle. It's like we just grow mm-hmm. up and that's just, I'm not a runner. I That's just where I find freedom I love going for rides and things like that. But I was, you know, I was 10, 12 years old, riding miles and miles away you know, in yeah. the city that I grew up in, yeah. no granted, it was suburbs and all that kind of thing. But you know, there were busy intersections and doing this kind of thing. And you know, I'm guilty of, well, making sure I got to be with my kids and yeah. doing whatever. And so I'm starting to let them do that more and more and realize, you know what? Like they can do it at some point they have to, they got to whatever, you know, I was, um, I was speaking at this, this men's retreat this past weekend. And I was talking to a guy who was fascinating to me. We shared a lot of, of similar stories, both in life and ministry. And he told me this story. He grew up out in uh, in Northern California, of all places, and and his dad was military and had a bunch of military friends. And they would do these guys trips, like every year, into the desert. And by the way, they've done these for like thirty five years now, right? With same people still showing up and and that kind of thing. So dad and his friends took him out into the desert and they're camping and doing whatever. And at one point, took him one day and said, and they took him however many miles away from yeah. wherever their campsite was. Here's a map. Here's a compass. Yeah. And uh if we don't, if we don't see you at, at base camp or whatever right. tonight, you know, we'll uh we'll uh, we'll come find you. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And he said, man, it was like just one of the most revolutionary the like it was a rite of life. passage, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um now, now granted, they had taught him how to use a compass. They sure. had taught him how to use a map. It's not like this is the first foray into whatever, but it was so refreshing because I'm going, man, the life lessons, what does that do for for, for somebody? What does it do for your confidence? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what is it? So in a sense, you know, I hear this stuff and I kind of go. It's it's a hard balance because I mean I I think again we are all confronted by these potential dangers but you said it best they're not even really you know statistically speaking
0: yeah
1: right and I kind of think of it this way am I robbing my kids yeah we have to really think of it like yeah. that like what am I robbing them of yeah um. You know, yeah. by not not allowing them to grow up, what kind of independence? What kind of whatever? And so, yeah, it's I mean, it's convicting, man. I'm well, just processing on this. This, it's very this
0: one part of the book, I'll kind of read it. He says, um, and he's talking about kind of colleges. And I know I'm, I'm jumping around here, but he said, you know, yeah, uh, it's crucial. It's crucial to teach incoming students to be thoughtful in their interactions with one another. A portion of what is derided as political correctness is just an effort to promote polite and respectful interactions. Uh, by discouraging the use of terms that are reasonably taken to be demeaning. He says, but if you teach students that intention doesn't matter and you also encourage students to find more things offensive, leading them to them experience more negative impacts, you also tell them that whoever says or does the things that they find offensive are aggressors and who have committed acts of bigotry against them, then you are probably fostering feelings of victimization, anger, and hopelessness in your students. They will come to see the world and even the university as a hostile place where things never seem to get better. If someone wanted to create an environment of perpetual anger and intergroup conflict, this would be an effective way to do it. Teaching students to use the least generous interpretations possible is likely to engender precisely the feelings of marginalization and oppression that almost everyone wants to eliminate. Mm. And to add insult to injury, this sort of environment is likely to foster an external locus of control— the concept of locus of control goes back to the behaviorist days when psychologists noted that animals, including people, could be trained to expect that they could get what they wanted through their own behavior. That is some control over their outcomes. So my 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 point in reading that is, you know, when we we so and so what we've done though, Jeff, is instead of like, and I think it's important and I again, I'm, I'm I'm just you know, chopping this book up. It's worth reading it through. I think you'll really be blessed by it. but like, you, you like you just said like you have to have that tr- switch tr- switch flip right where you go man I'm robbing my kids I'm not protecting them okay I'm actually hurting them I'm not necessarily helping them um I remember I had a, a friend in mine in college and 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 uh, my roommate actually in college and he was um he wasn't an only child but his sisters were older he was kind of like mm-hmm. you know and so I remember he was one of those kids that his mom did everything like his mom mm-hmm. did his homework-hmm mm-hmm. And then he was my roommate and yeah, I, remember I didn't have that mom. It was, was his first like it was the first paper that I was due. And I remember I came back to my room one day and his sister was his older older sister was in the yeah, room. Yeah. Like she was an adult. Like she went she had lived somewhere else. And I was like, Hey, what are you doing? And she's there writing John's paper. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm. And I'm like, so, so no, we, we roll our eyes at that and say how ridiculous that is, but that's exactly what we do in these other ways.
1: No, I know. Not just,
0: not just writing papers. We do that by like, oh, Hey, let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Now we think we're helping them, but then we we're we're paralyzing them. we're actually crippling them. So instead Mm. of like, when somebody says, Hey, something hurt my feelings, like we just, we immediately, like this book was saying like, oh, they're an aggressor and it's bad Mm. that it hurts your feelings. Mm. That's not necessarily true and mm-hmm. I would say in many mm-hmm. cases not true. Yeah. Um yeah. And, and and it's important that we can appreciate that or or you're going to you're going to be in this endless cycle of like but we've been almost been a kind of programmed to be like oh what did they say what did they mean by that what did that mean oh that hurt my feelings and it's like listen you know so everything's sexist or racist or ageist or uh, I don't know fill in your fill in your blank mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that we we it all kind of I want to say it happens so fast I don't know if that's true or not feels like it has, Mm -hmm, you know, where mm -hmm, I've watched, mm -hmm. you know, my kid's generation or watching it through my kid's lens, you know, just seeing how, I'll give you an example. My son, um, and had said something the other day and I don't necessarily love to use this example, but, um, he had went to find something and, and he couldn't find it. Uh, Like it was a pair of shorts or something, you know, and they didn't have them. And he said, and he said to my wife, he said, you know, why do, why am I depressed about that? Right. And is like, bro, you're not depressed.
1: That's not what that is. You're not depressed. Actually, the the word literally usually gets thrown in there too. Have you noticed that trend? (laughs) Like, I'm literally depressed. No, you're not. You know, like, yeah. Like I'm literally gonna lose my mind, literally. Yeah. Like where, where's yeah. it gonna go? Oh, okay, here we <laughs> go. Like that kind of thing. That'll take it to No, Those are just my favorite. Yeah, I just I love funny. that, you know. But
0: but my point was, so many of these words have gotten interjected so into our vernacular. Yeah. Or like, did you ever say it when you were a kid, "I'm depressed because I didn't find a pair of shorts"? No, of course
1: not. Because we no. didn't even think of it like that. Right? We just went outside and didn't wear shorts. That's yeah. all. Or we you did. Know? Or you said, "Oh man, thought, bummer." So.
0: Like so you and we probably had. The, here's my point though. We probably had the same feeling. Like, oh dang it, I wish they had the shorts. But we didn't we didn't associate that with I'm depressed because I didn't get them. And the more that they're, you're told that those are things, or you're, well, you're probably just depressed. Yeah. Like you see all this anxiety that people are are having or or or, or really are having or, or think that they're having. And I don't mean that in a rude way. I just mean we just never really thought about it. Now, certain mental health people would say, "See, that was the problem. It was not being addressed. It was not. It was there was a stigma to it." Yeah. Or actually, we're making a, we're a whole bunch of snowflakes out there of people. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, where yeah. everything that you, no matter what you feel, and if you think you're offended, and you think it's bad, and then we when we coddle to that, when we cater to that, when we when we when we justify that and go, oh my gosh, well then what do I have to do? Like that's insanity. Yeah, now yeah. I know this. You know this might even for some. i would probably not our listeners. I mean, this for some people will, will probably bother some people. Um, and that's okay. And that's the point of this almost, right? I'm not mm-hmm. on here to necessarily cause strife, but like, I think we've, certain things happened and there was some good intentions behind some of those things happening, but then at the same time, we've kind of created a monster yeah. here yeah. and we might even be raising, you yeah. know, our, our kids in that. And yeah. like, so if my, if my daughter decides to go to college or something, I don't know if she will, but if she does decide to go to college, like I want her to be in, whether she goes to some you know place i'd never choose for her to go or she goes to one that i think would be great or not at all mm-hmm. or just goes into the workforce or starts a company i don't know like i want her to be able to like handle struggle mm. right mm. and mm. handle different opinions yeah. and yeah. handle yeah. You know, uh, somebody at work that she doesn't like or yeah. somebody with a wildly different opinion than hers. So, all right.
1: So, man, let's unpack that for a bit. Yeah. All right. Because because you and Megan, I assume you guys have conversations about this. Like you're yeah. not just reading this stuff and not yeah. processing, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. It's probably yeah. she's already known this and said, I yeah. told you. you know? yeah. Well, sure. That kind of thing, right. You know, how do you as because um, I I always love these conversations. I love learning. Everybody's got a journey. Everybody's right. learning things. We all have things and nuggets that we can teach each other. So maybe there's a listener that's listening to you. Heck, I'm listening to this going. Right. All right. What are some of the things that you're now trying to apply with your kids? Like, and I'm not saying, spe- I understand the specifics of yeah. of your kids. It's going to be different because you live in a different neighborhood. You do this. Your kids are into this and that, whatever. Yeah. But like, what are some of the themes that you and Megan are trying to like? Maybe if it's a if it's a shift for you, what are some of the things you're doing now? Yeah, that's a that's good, changing.
0: That's a good. That's a good question. I would say, um, as I as I think about that. So mm-hmm. um, without you know, I've got to be careful. Cause I don't, I try to respect my family's privacy, so I don't want to read their mail too much on this, mm-hmm. on this line. So I'll try right, to we'll again, change names. Gen- okay. gen- generalities here. Yeah. Um. So when I would say as an example, maybe if, if my daughter's struggling with something with maybe some friendships or something like this, okay. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Right. So maybe my approach is going to be a little more, um, um not, again, I'll just use that word calling, not so much like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Mm, And how mm, can I, mm. um, um, how can, how can I, a lot of times it seems like, and this isn't always the case. And my kids, if they're listening, probably like, yeah, you don't even really do that if you think you do dad, but like always Mm. trying to fix the thing. Right. So if, if, so a good example, let's just say that, that thing with my son with the shorts. Okay. So, so let's just say maybe they don't have them. So uh, maybe this is almost embarrassing to say, but maybe be like, well, we might have gone to four different targets to try to find those, okay, right? Because by golly, we want to get these shorts, and he's in a bad mood, and yeah. and, and let's just try to make this get well, right. right? Where now it's more like, hey, dude, it's okay to have not get everything that you want. Yeah, it's okay to, write Whatever it is, yeah, um, he's yeah, got. We yeah. were with some family this this one time, or or um, we had a, something. You know, we were we were traveling recently, and uh, some of the things that we were doing were not things that he would want. I don't even want to pick on him, but like, you know, just like it's like the uh, National Lampoon's, you know, uh, European mm-hmm. vacation, you know, the teenager or whatever, like not necessarily, you know, where they wanted to be. We like being together as a family, but just like all part of the experience for us. You know, when we yeah. have, you know, you have more kids than I do. So we have two kids. And so, yeah. Jeff, yeah. we get to live in this illusion sometimes because we've got two kids. Mm-hmm. You can kind of illusionarily manage it. Okay. Right. Because <laughs> you can kind of balance your life out. Five kids. So it's just like you Listen, can't I go learned to,
1: after two yeah. I was outnumbered so you can't
0: go to everybody's baseball game right, right. sometimes they overlap right. you right. know I mean I had two sisters like if 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 my sister had a soccer game over there my sister had something over there and I had something over here well yeah. I only got two parents and yeah. if one's yeah. working like it just ain't happening okay
1: so that's a great example real quick just yeah. to interject here like the baseball thing is so yeah. close to home because yeah. I've got two of the boys playing on one team okay I got, I got the other one playing on the other ones playing on the other team and, and <laughs> so like literally on Monday nights they have literally there I just use the word darn it gosh I'm <laughs> catching myself Five o'clock practice for the first two boys. Okay, six o'clock for the other one. Okay, okay. I assistant coach on both teams, so I'm not okay. the head honcho. I got to be. Okay. you know, well, I can't leave six and eight year old by themselves. Okay, Shannon's doing something with. Kay, I think, uh, yeah, our oldest and is not doing a Not that.
0: to pick on you, but right. like when you say I can't, meaning because like you're not comfortable doing
1: that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to leave those two alone without her if she was there. That the older one. So here's where I'm getting. Yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. So I have in recent weeks as we've figured out the schedule. You know, it was okay. Well, maybe we'll just because we're riding bikes in the neighborhood. Practice is at one field; they're probably a mile apart. Okay.
0: Oh, it's not. not not the one right down the road. Yeah. No. 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 Like
1: literally, a couple weeks ago, said it again. Two, three weeks ago, I said to him, "Hey, just ride your bike. You know where you're going. You're gonna be fine." Yeah. Okay. He was fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. He's ridden home. Yeah. From practice, he's done fine. He's totally fine. Okay. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say whether or not I have an air tag on his back (laughs) uh, on his uh, bike, but you know, nevertheless, but he did just fine. And I shouldn't be surprised, right? He's a responsible kid. We've ridden this stuff before, yeah. And it was like, hey, go, you got it. Yeah. You're gonna be good, all right? yeah. And I meet him a few minutes later when the one practice ends. Yeah, all right. And the other three ride, and you it's know? probably he loves it, even he if, loves you him. know because things is cool. Yeah. I'm doing my little thing, yeah. got a little freedom, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and, and it's all that. And stuff. And I trust him. Yeah, I trust him. What's What's he gonna do? He's gonna go smoke a cigarette on the way there. Yeah. Come on, you know, like I kill him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, if, happened, and, if, but, and if so, like, we'll
0: deal with that, right? And I know there's there's a tension here, and this isn't
1: and all that, but it's also like if anything. But it makes um, me proud too. As part of the mm, thing too, and mm, I know mm. it's not that big of a deal. Okay, your kid rode his boat from, you know, bike from here to here. I get it. All right, I understand that. Somebody's listening to this. They're out in like a yeah. you know farmland in Montana. Like that's that's nothing. No. My kid's on a you know a tractor. At, you know, <laughs> yeah. seven no, years old. A, but it was truth uh, it, to that. it was it was just it, it was letting out that sort of line a little bit, and yeah. he's and he's owning into it, and he's doing he's doing just fine. Be- and I think part of that's normally part of that's you know parenting to me is always that sort of give and take of learning to let go. Because you realize that you can't control everything, you can't make this perfect life for your kids. And even if you did, if there was such a thing, what? How have you helped them? Right now, you made your perfect life for them, but yeah. they didn't make it on their own. Yeah, no, right? I, I, exactly, Jeff. And I think then when you wake
0: up to that, you kind of, or you know, start to entertain some of those things. You kind of realize it's like almost that like oh crap moment right you're yeah. like, oh man have I didn't I, have help I, them. I heard yeah, him I hurt him yeah I
1: messed him up have yeah. I, have, yeah. I, have,
0: I, have I have I um uh crippled them you know and what's but, but, what's required
1: but but, but but point being logistically you're right I mean especially in our world you know you just can't be at both places so how do we do it how do we make it work yeah. and it's like we got to trust them you so know, we gotta yeah. do now or sometimes you know, or well yeah.
0: that's one option right mm-hmm. Or there's oh no I'm not gonna trust them so I got to have grandma there and I have grandpa there or you can't do this or I'm gonna not say you can I'm gonna not allow you to do that because I don't want you to do that yeah yeah that's a, so I mean I would say we're we're definitely a work in progress. But like what I've noticed coming up sometimes is when, when I'm talking with the kids and and I've noticed that maybe they're really unsure of something that I think they should have some confidence in, but it's like, man, and I feel like, man, have I crippled them? Like they're, they're like, they don't have confidence in this because we've coddled them all the time in doing that. And so, um, it's, it's really, it really is, you know, um you know disturbing. I, I would say Jeff, I'm 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 waking up to it. it's easy for me to look at the college campuses and go, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Wokeism. Yeah. yeah. Cancel yeah. culture. This is so stupid. Come yeah. on. And then like ignore, you know, my role yeah, in and being part of that pro- yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, oh no, well no. Okay. Kids, okay. I'm actually- but, but,
1: but but still, I, I do think I, I'm gonna still say that there are non negotiables. We can't throw caution to the wind. So there are some non negotiables in here. Okay. Okay.
0: Now, well for for and I'm, I'm not necessarily, well it's I don't a know presumption but say. it's a question okay yeah, okay yeah, so yeah. for
1: example you talk about college campuses yeah all right but I think of uh, I think of Florida all right so we had some controversy for um, a bill that was passed by the governor okay that was uh, I think it was the parental rights and education bill is okay. what it was called now it had a slang reference to what it was referred to nationally right. yeah I read the bill yeah okay um, listen yeah. we don't get political <laughs> yeah we do um i am not i'm a i don't ben come on right. you know I me. Mean? i'm more jaded than anybody with the politics i'm an independent right, i don't right, trust right. any of them I, I don't just because you're this or this doesn't yeah, mean yeah, anything to yeah. me yeah. right but i read the bill and i go okay here's essentially what the bill said from kindergarten through third grade we're not going to be having conversations on yeah. sexuality sexual orientation right et cetera, etc uh in the classroom yeah. right in our public schools So I look at that, you go kindergarten through third grade of which, by the way, I have two kids in that age range. Right. All right. That age range would be somewhere in the range of five to six years old, all the way up to maybe eight or nine years old. Okay. Can you imagine when your kids were that age, like having them come home from school, granted we homeschool or whatever, but having them come home from school and saying, what'd you guys talk about today? Right. Right. Like normally I would be (laughs) expecting, we would be having like the word problem. If Johnny has two pies and he gives away five, eight ads, how do you give whatever, you know what I'm getting at? So they come home and they're like, "Yo, well, we talked about, you know, pronouns right. today and gender and all this kind right. of stuff. Okay, forget that. I'm not even making that the issue. They are that age. Right. At some point, I'm gonna go, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. Like I am the parent. We shouldn't be having those conversations with our kids because I right. do think there's a certain level of innocence. Yep. Right. There yeah. are some non-negotiables that I'm gonna still say not okay, I don't want, you're not, I'm not going to give you this kind of freedom to do this because nobody should have that freedom or it's not age, whatever it is, yep. that kind of thing. Do you have those? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Where do you stand yeah, with Yeah, well, this?
0: I didn't know where you were going with it. I I, I think, didn't know where I was going with it either. I well, was kind like, of improbable. I've got, a, I've got a, a couple of friends that have even larger families. They okay. came from a nine family. They came from 11, right? right. That kind right. of stuff. And right. so right. it's interesting. Uh, matter of fact, sometimes we'll go over to like when I when we're with them sometimes and they've got larger families and I'm like, wow, they're very, they're a lot uh, more um, I don't know what the word is, but they they let the kids really roam a lot more. Like okay. right. They don't yeah. have as many uh concerns. Like it gives me a little anxiety because I'm like, man, <laughs> I can't believe you know, Haiti, hey, you no know little Ricky's out in the in the front, you know what I mean? And, and, and they're like,
1: it's just fire Ben. Yeah. And, yeah. They're, and
0: they and they but they grew up with just a whole different perspective of right, it, right? right and right. and they would say they're fine. And and I'm yeah. so so my point is that some of that I but I thought you were going with it. Like my non-negotiable might be different than another person's, right? And and, and so
1: I wrote down as a question to ask. Yeah. I, I don't want to presume that you have non-negotiables. I, I am kind of presuming that because I feel like yeah. everybody does to some yeah. degree. There's every, you know, it's got a point in order to it. I mean, some of those are just spiritual. Yeah. They're the, based on spiritual the convictions, hard, right? The,
0: the hard part that I struggle with, Jeff, yeah. is like, you know, so, okay, we we do homeschool, but I fully, man, I fully Appreciate a family that's not able to do that. Hundred percent. So, like, so if I was in this situation where I couldn't, my kids had to go to public school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were being taught in in the school like everything mm-hmm. you just said, mm-hmm. that would really bother me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, and this gets into the coddling thing. This is like this tension here, yeah. right? So it's yeah. like, okay, well, I don't want that be said to them because I think that's ridiculous or whatever. Okay. And so now that I have a decision to make. At that point, okay, am I going to go try to fight for change? You mm. know, we had uh, Sarah Fields on here a few weeks ago, right, mm-hmm. from Texas, talking about mm-hmm. these books that were inappropriate and trying to get them out of the. Right. You know, right. if I threw that down on the street, I would be considered, you know, a crime because it's pornography. Right. But if it's in the library, it's fine. Right, right? you know, right. kind of a right. thing. Right. So, what am I going to do? Am I gonna? Am I gonna just complain about it? Okay. Mm. Mm. Am I gonna go try to change it? Am I gonna try to find a way to get my kids out of there? That's what we want to you know? know, Ben.
1: What are you gonna do? Yeah,
0: it's really difficult, isn't it? Yeah. So a lot of times yeah. the things that I even get to talk about on this show, I, I mean, I have to kind of be honest with myself. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'm, 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 I don't have to face some of those constraints Fair. just because of my own lifestyle right. or it's livelihood. Easy. I
1: get it. It's easy to simulate our reactions and whatever. Yeah. Like, start with the. Just answer this one before we get into that, because yeah. I do think that's a worthy discussion. Are there do you agree with that category of non-negotiables? Do you believe such a thing exists? Yeah,
0: I've probably I've just probably, mm, I just probably would not use that word. Okay. okay. What's your word? I or, would Yeah. I would Here's what in our house the lingo that we would probably use is these are our values, these are our principles. Okay. Okay. So All right, fair. so we have, you know, yeah, we have some 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 values that we espouse to that mm-hmm. I feel is uh, uh, you know, part of my job to put into my kids the mm-hmm. best I can, knowing yep. that yep. they'll have to make their own decisions. But mm-hmm. I certainly have that perspective on how I want to try to help them see the world. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, I, I guess I don't call them non-negotiables. Um, just me, Ben Rawl. I just don't yeah. call them. I don't know if Megan would call those things yeah. that way as as
1: well. And I'm I, remember, think of who you're talking to. Yeah. All right. You're talking. I mean, you're talking to a guy that works with with marriages, right. and, and in my world. There has to be those things. Mm. Right. There's to me, there's there are some basic things that are that are spiritual, that are sociologically respectful, right? That are pragmatically um helpful and hurtful when they're when they're crossed. Yeah. Okay. That are just high level things that in a marriage, like for example, like non-negotiable. I'm not gonna cheat on my wife. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no justifying that. I I don't care. I I understand this is 2023, (laughs) but there's no justifying that, which means there's going to be some non-negotiables about places that I'm going to go and interact that I'm not going to be found because you don't play with fire. Right. Like, I I love the idea of the whole gentleman's club that always, that always struck me as interesting. (laughs) It's a gentleman's club. I'm like, find me a gentleman in there. Right. So why would I go to a gentleman's club? Yeah. Right. Where. Where left and right, there's the uh, opportunity well, to fall into non-negotiable. I know it's a hyperbolic I might, example. Well, I, I have, get that. I mean, but, you I know. might
0: have non-negotiables for me yeah. for Ben Rawl. Yeah. That it, principles in my life that right. I feel I owe to my spouse or mm. or, or, or things like that. Mm. I think what I struggle with with raising kids mm. is um, trying to help them understand, like, because um, because this has happened to us. I would say that in some ways, my kids by 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 being raised by me and my wife is. Uh, Almost accidentally, and I again, I don't even want to put this on them, but like I can see that they can become judgmental because they mm. see so because you know we talk, I mean some of them have been funny over the years like yeah, when my yeah. daughter was little you know I was reading this book about uh food processing and so I was talking about how there's a lot of fecal matter in like hot dogs okay Uh-oh. and so so it was like oh there's poop in the hot dog right and then like like a couple of days later we were at this like, little park on the swings and Gracie's there swinging she's like four or something and this little girl's like they're talking about their favorite thing to eat and this little girl's like i like hot dogs and Grace's like there's poop
1: in hot dogs
0: <laughs> right so sometimes it's fun <laughs> um, but but I often my point in what I'm saying with this is I understand that other people live different ways than we do. Yeah. So yeah. I try yeah. to um, my now whether I'm perfect at this I'm not. But mm. I, I try. Mm. It's not like I, the non-negotiables to me. I don't really like to do this like militantly. Like that's not what we do. Right. Right. I try to explain why this is our values that we live by. Absolutely. So when I say it's a non-negotiable, it's not just because it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are some things that are wrong, yeah. but we live in this context now. So if my daughter is going to go off to a college yeah. where she's going to get exposed to, you know, uh, just a whole variety of things that I may think are completely insane. Mm-hmm. And have no desire for her to have in her heart mm. or her mind, mm. but she's going to live in this world, mm. and she's going to need to be able to handle herself in that world. Mm-hmm. And so, the doesn't carry a lot of weight when if her only answer she has is because it's wrong, like that's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to
1: carry. Yeah. it. When somebody says, "Why is it wrong?" She, she says, "Because my dad said so." Yeah, that ain't going to work. Well, I think I think that's the essence of. And like, I'm not saying you're saying that. No, no, right no. I, I I I'm I'm in agreement with you because I I in some ways there were times in my life growing up where that kind of was the case. Yeah. It's just wrong. And there wasn't a lot of explanation, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit from parents sometimes, but you know, from, from church, whatever. Yeah. And I've always said that was a little bit more like on the fundamentalist side and right. that's not healthy either. Right. right? Like I want my kid, I love, uh, you know, we had Rob and Amy Reno on the right, show, right. what a year or so ago or whatever. And they are so big on winning your kids hearts, not, not by buying them off with gifts and things like that, but you know, being willing and available to, you know, to sit on the floor in the living room or in the bedroom or whatever, and just have these kinds of conversations. What are you learning? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's whatever. And to relay values and even instill values, but doing that in such a way where where the kid understands. And by the way, I think that that is a really dominant model throughout scripture. Like right? a lot of people think yeah. that, oh, it's just blind obedience to God. How often is God mm. so willing to teach and to say, this is the benefit of it. This is the blessing you know, of it, the, whatever, the, you know? The hard part, Jeff, is yeah. I, I
0: think you, you said it well. But I think there's the hard part when I, because, you know, you do too. You work with a lot of people. I mean, I've seeing so many patients in my office, I like get such a spectrum that I see, you know, just different styles of life and mm. parents and backgrounds. And mm. it's like, man, the world. So, you know, you know, and I know you're not saying this, but like, you mm. know, that like what you just described about Rob and Amy, like. Like life is so busy for mm. so many people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just to try to make ends meet. Yeah, that yeah. like s- s- it sounds almost palianna mm. to say, hey, I'm just going to mm. sit down in my kids' room at night mm-hmm. and talk to them about like their day. Like people that yeah. I talk to, they don't even, they, they takes all they got to just get through the homework and scream with their kids yeah. to brush their teeth yeah, yeah. and get to your room. And yeah. I got to do this again at six o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm. Like it, we, our world has gotten so busy mm. with just fill in the blank from baseball practice to to, to doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, but I got a hunch, Ben, that you're not endorsing that. You're not. Uh, you no, know, you, no, but I but yeah. I but,
0: I'm, but I also feel for it. Like I of I, I don't I don't.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there's absolutely there's there's a level to which I mean I live in the same world as everybody else, and even just even just making ends meet and the cost of things is yeah. so expensive, and you know even for people who thought man we're doing we're doing pretty well a couple of years ago, they're yeah. not feeling so much like that anymore, and so it's like I got to work another job and I got to whatever. I, I get that whole. Yeah. I also think there's a whole lot of apathy. Yeah, there's a whole lot of time spent that people think is oh, I, sure. I don't I don't know where the, totally. it's, kind of, it's kind of like my excuses we did on a previous show we were talking about you know aspartame yeah. and diet soda like listen I'm telling you right now yeah. Me doing that is hypocritical. I have no excuse whatsoever it's, to just sit there. You know what totally, I mean? So it's totally there's, there's right. a little bit of both there. It's totally true, Jeff. I mean, we yeah.
0: you know we have used the examples all the time on like, you know, or we talk about you know social media. I don't know what the latest number is. You mm-hmm. know, people are on them a lot, right? Four hours, I think, is the last one I heard, four and a half hours
1: a day of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just social. So like I'm LinkedIn, you know, Ben. Did you know you're, that? You're, I'm LinkedIn. I'm not LinkedIn. on anything else, but I'm LinkedIn. I don't know what I'm LinkedIn to, but you know, I'm linked into it something. It's
0: funny. I had to get on LinkedIn. I was trying to actually reach out, I think, to a podcast guest. Yeah. The only way I could get them was a whole of them was through it's, LinkedIn. It's kind of what
1: I have it is to reach out to some of the people. You know? So I had reached uh,
0: out and I didn't I had honestly never been on LinkedIn before. Yeah, yeah. So I I think I had a profile but like I don't know how it worked. Well, it's social media.
1: I it's, didn't realize it's social it. media under the guise of you know yeah, like I didn't people, realize but, like comments oh yeah, and people and yeah, stuff and share. I yeah. was like
0: oh well this is the same I found myself just yeah. as addicted to that like well totally but if and almost worse because I'm like oh, I know some people and they're yeah, in the business yeah. world and yeah I've
1: had a rule I cannot keep the app on my phone I don't want to look at the timeline I use it for messaging only yeah usually can find somebody an author or whoever you know kind exactly. of thing you can find them that but you're right you're totally right well and so and it was supposed to not be that I think yeah. I think it was supposed to be like the more isolated I, I, from, well, it's almost like I found
0: myself going like it was almost like came to my own I'm like by golly this is Social media, because people are like <laughs> messaging me and liking stuff totally. or something like that. I was like, "Yeah, what?" Okay. So it's kind of like, it's kinda, you know, it's kind of like Chick fil A fast food, right? People don't think it's fast food, you know, it's bad for you because it's, it's, you know. But it's so good, because <laughs> it's, it's so not. good. But we, have but you it, still not had a Chick fil A no, sandwich? No, but it makes Gosh. it feel, it makes, I don't know if he told you this at the house because I think, you know, you've got something in your family, I, I, right? I, I have an employee. Yeah. And I do. So um, we were joking about it because I heard of a sandwich that they were coming out with. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, so Gracie, I don't know if I told you this, Gracie <laughs> was like, hey, I could, Dad, if I get you one, like through, you know, then my friend, then if I bring it home, this sounds like a, like a drug deal she's in the like, back alleys, like we're dealing Chick Fil A. She said you can still say you've never had it, you know, or you haven't never gone.
1: You know, we were kind of joking about. Was that it. is that the old thing? I no. still want to know. I've told you before, like, and yeah. I mess with your daughter when we take her home. The kids are in youth group together, and I'm like, man. I, I, you would hate me if you heard some of these conversations. I was yeah. like, hey, let's get your dad a mask. Let's get him a this. Let's get him a that. I'm always oh, yeah. trying to mess with you. Yeah. But if I bring you a Chick-fil-A, are you going oh, to... You're still not going to do I it. I don't huh?
0: know. I'd, I'd have to be a moment of weakness. You're so I mean, darn you bring stubborn. You're killing o'clock. me. Yeah. You're killing me. So so as we kind of <laughs> you know wind down, because I, what I don't want this to come off is as a As that's actually one of my, my heart's even with healthcare, holistic healthcare is I don't ever want healthcare, holistic healthcare to be like some sort of elitist position that you only get to have it because you're got enough money to buy, you know, your acupuncture and your yoga and your, you know, your supplements and this, and and I'm not even having that debate of the, Mm -hmm. the value of those things.
1: I just think that, that there should be a way Which, to Which by the way, shameless plug for the clinic. Yeah because I know that that's your heart for the clinic and making yeah. what you do accessible to people. Yeah, I think that's so we beautiful. Do so achieve re- wellness. Res- Clinic. go check them out. Resources anyway. and yeah.
0: teachings and that's why we do this podcast. Yeah, you totally. know, and and, totally. and it's why, you know, I don't even have advertisements on this mm-hmm. podcast because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's I don't I don't make money off the podcast. That's I right. just, you know, yeah. I just and that maybe that will change someday, but right now <laughs> it's what we do. And so when I think about it's it's about reflecting on the choices that I make, why I'm making those choices. Hmm. Am I, have I gotten, uh, you know, have I, have I got my life so busy that I don't have time to sit on my kid's floor anymore? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. am I illusioning that I, instead I'm just Mm -hmm. sitting on Netflix on my phone. And so I had plenty of time to do it, but I just didn't because it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank, whatever your life looks like, or you truly are so busy that, and and maybe you have to evaluate that and go, maybe Hmm. I don't need to be in those, nine different things Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And then you wake up these other parts, man, hey, I did have, I do have some bandwidth. I do have some time. I have some resources, Mm. but now I find myself raising a coddled kid Mm. because I've got the kind of the bandwidth to try to protect their environment Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, and, and then just being open to those conversations Mm. with my own heart, my own spouse and, and you know it's kind of like you, you again it's like you you you'd almost end up doing the exact thing you didn't want to do mm. you end up you know you were trying to protect your kids but instead you crippled your kids yeah. you know you, yeah. you 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 messed them up trying to help them and it's this weird all with good intentions yeah and you know now, mm. listen as a person of faith i mean i believe in god's grace over that and mm-hmm. i'm not and i'm not trying to like over spiritualize something or 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 over excuse anything i'm just saying the the times are such that you really do probably need to ask yourself why are you doing the things you're doing? Mm-hmm. Are they getting the outcomes that you're hoping for? How are you? Ba- what are you basing that on? Meaning, like, where are you gathering your your input? You know, mm-hmm. where are you mm-hmm. getting your feedback? Yeah. And what does you know you know having a, a junior in high school daughter that's going to be out out in the world, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. in a couple of years, mm-hmm. what does that look like? You know, is she going to be able to Be successful, Mm -hmm. meaning you know, in the ways that I would hope. Can she handle Mm -hmm. herself? Can Mm -hmm. she handle her mindset? Can she Mm -hmm. stay strong? And and Mm -hmm. that's my job as her as her dad and as parents Mm -hmm. for us to to equip that. And some of that Mm -hmm. is me having to get over myself, Mm -hmm. me having to develop a a different skill set, me having to you know get myself educated or Mm -hmm. or or humbled or whatever those are. So I don't know. I know this show was kind of all over the place. Check out that book, The Coddling of the American Mind. There's another book he just came out with. I think it's called The Canceling of the American Mind. And Mm -hmm. he's done some great interviews. And I just It's helped me evaluate some of my kind of assumptions, Jeff, or some of my own, like, almost like, just almost like, Ah, oh, you know, quick kind of nerd yeah. knee jerk. Like that's stupid, you know, but like I right. need to listen. It's good to be challenged, isn't it? Yeah. Need so it, it's challenged you know? me and I'm still in the midst of it. You probably can tell All that right. by just listening yeah. to the interview.
1: No, All right. It's Coddling the American Mind, Greg Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt. Did yeah. I just say that right? Yeah, I awesome. think so. All right. Cool. Awesome. Well, good, worthy listen to ch- or read to check out. And uh, y'all, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week on another episode of Design to Heal. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.